Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Found in Him, this is the fourth segment of our series, Found in Him. And Philippians 3.9, Paul writes and, t- and tells the Philippians, And be found in him, let's read together, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Righteousness which is from God by faith. I've had a faith journey. I remember... Uh, my parents were Christians, like the the Kong Christians, the ones called Abazukufu, as if others are what Bebafu. So we grew up at home, praying every morning and every evening, and reading the Bible every morning and every evening. Uh, there is a reading plan. So for us, you could say. We were born into it. Yeah? We were born into it. So that the deception... I have to stop again because I was over super amazed by Jessica's story. When I first heard it, I was like, everyone must hear this story. And, you know, this story is a prophetic story. Because Jessica's story confirms the things God has been speaking to this church and to people in this church some of whom have heard others are hard of hearing how can a person come from another country from another culture join the church and in three months three months they are leading two missional communities they are starting a hosting center they are planning to plant a location they are in harvest institute they three months and there are people who have been here two years, four, five their heavenly wave there is nothing in heaven they are not doing anything that causes heaven to shake all they are shaking is earthly you know what, we need to repent we need to repent yeah, seriously as she was testifying all I was hearing is repent if someone can do all of that in three months eh. anyway so please worship us repent yeah all of you watching me online even myself we need to repent from just this idea of living slowly and insignificantly there is so much God has in store for us amen and part of that, how you can move quickly, is followership. God taught me followership. Last year, now I'm into followership. I realize when you follow certain people, you move so much faster than when you don't. So your independence is killing your destiny. So find someone you can follow. Amen. So thank you so much, Jessica Hogan, for, in, in, for inspiring us. Uh, 
and by the way, about Arise and Build for projects, yeah? And we told you, in case you don't know what to do, I can tell you what to do. If you're wondering how to give, get your first fruit and give it to Arise and Build. If you don't know what that is, that's your income for January or something like that. Or God will tell you if you're not sure. Okay? Yeah, I'm, I've almost finished my pledge. I have like only a small percentage, less than 10% to finish. So you can also finish yours early, you know, so we can get it out of the way. And be found in him, not having my, I was telling you, so I grew up in the thing. And then I started listening to preachers. So I remember the first time I'm conscious of, of, of the fact that I made a commitment to Christ. I was in primary school, in Miri Primary. Some guys came, they did an event, they invited everyone to give their lives to Jesus. I was, I think, in P5 or P6. P primary 5, primary 6, there you're about maybe, what, 9, 10. So I walked forward, I made my commitment, and they gave us Bibles. Yeah, I think it was NIV, Oh, good news. So that was a big deal. Uh, but I think it didn't stick. It was those days where you, could, you always got saved when you came back to school, where there's a strong scripture in your club. So when you go back home, you forget that you're saved. Then you come back and you get saved again. Then you go back home. It was that yo-yoing. So one time I remember my, my sister Sarah uh, sat us down. My cousin and I grew up with a, a, a wonderful cousin called Kenneth. We, we did everything uh, that village boys do, including uh, cutting a tree to a certain extent. Then you climb it. Then you start swinging from side to side until you go down. That was our mode of entertainment. <laughs> You're waiting to go to Disney. <laughs> we brought Disney clothes, you know. Yeah. So he sat us, she sat us down. At that time, she had stopped attending the traditional church. She was going to a Baptist church where they were, they asked, they were serious about commitment. And she preached the gospel to us and told us we had to commit our lives to Jesus. So then later on in senior three, I was in Kira College, I remember a guy called Kadume, Michael, challenging me about salvation. Yeah, it was a Saturday morning around 11 o'clock and I made a, a commitment to Christ. Uh, that was the last commitment I made and that one has stuck. I, I don't intend to make another one. Amen. So, but you know, when you've grown up in it, you can think that it is about what you do. It's about the do's and the don'ts. That's why a lot of people, by the way, are not saved because the, they were told it's about what you do and what you don't do. And Paul is saying, Paul was a lot more credentials with God. He says he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, of the tribe of Benjamin, of the stock of Israel, of, uh, what it says concerning the law blameless and he said he gave all of that up he says I count it but dang that I may know Christ so this is a Paul who is telling us also that was his pre-life there was also his post 
conversion life where he experienced incredible things. He preached the gospel. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. And he said, all of that stuff doesn't count when it comes to your relationship with God. So those of you who don't have the credentials, and those of you who have too many credentials, it all counts for nothing when it comes to being known and loved by God. That's why Paul says, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. My own righteousness, which is based on the do's and don'ts. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. So this same Paul writes to the Corinthians in chapter 5, there's a segment there. It's like one of the most critical pieces of scripture in the Bible from, chapter, from verse 14 to 15. So let's examine this idea. What he says, let's read together as, as loud as your mask can allow you. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. This is the most critical piece of Christian doctrine that separates Christianity from every other religion and faith. Look, every religion has requirements. There is no religion that doesn't have requirements. There is no religion where you join and they say, no requirement. It's not there. Even in our faith of Christianity, there are requirements. I, I, I should tell you that. But those requirements, they are not requirements for belonging. Yeah. They are sort of requirements as a result. You know, like how you ask your children to behave a certain way because they are your children. The behavior doesn't make them your children. They're already your children. But now that they are your children, you're like, you can't fight in this home. Yeah. If you keep beating each other, I'm going to have to use other methods to restrain you from violence. Why? Because they are your children. You don't say, if I hear one more quarrel, you move to the neighbors. No, that doesn't work. That kind of parenting won't work. So, but every religion has requirements. Now, for many of them, it, the requirement is you're required to fulfill to get in. Now, the thing that separates Christianity from all other religions is that God paid his own requirements for our belonging. Amen. And because the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's what? Romans 6.23, 3.23. 623. I have my uh, scripture consultation bench at the front. So if you sit at the front, you should know verses because I keep asking. Uh, that's why so and so has sat at the back. No, um, that's a joke. That's a joke. I'm not talking about you. Just look straight. You know, it's so funny how people can be so serious in church, yet they know themselves. They are not as serious as they are trying to make us think. So, relax. God is not serious. There is nothing about God. God is joyful. So, the wages of sin is death. And you know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But here is God. He wants to love us. He wants to have a relationship with us. But we are sinners. What does he do? Huh? 
the wise has tied himself. So what he does, he pays for the sins. He pays for the sins. He says, I will die their death for them. Yeah. Go back to that verse. It's, it's critical. Verse 16. He says, verse 16. Is it 16? No, sorry, 14. He says, because we judge thus, this is how we conclude in our judgment of the matter. I know there are lawyers here, Penny. Yeah? If one died for all, then all died. The moment you accept Jesus like this as your Lord and Savior, in the, there they say, died. Mm. Died. In other words, you're no longer, you can't convict a dead person. You can't convict a dead person. You are considered dead. Dead to your sins. The ones you've been committing, the ones you are committing now, even the ones you are planning to commit next week, which I urge you to cancel the plans. Okay? Because sin will take you further than you plan to go, keep you longer than you plan to stay, and get you to pay more than you plan to spend. And there is enough people with testimony about that. So, a, a, a wise man learns from other people's mistakes. A fool learns from his own mistakes. I shall proceed. If all died, rather, if one died for all, then all died. That's the substitution. That's the exchange. That's the atonement. Look, we could end here. If one died for all, then all died. If Christ died, you see, Christ was without sin. And then he died. Whose sins were he dying for? Kathy's sins. Bithri's sins. Joshua's sins. Yeah. It was on your own account of your sins that he died. On account of my sins that he died. That what makes me innocent before God. Before God. Yeah. You see, in the Old Testament, a sinner had to go to the priest with a lamb. Hmm? All right. Stuart, you look like a lamb. So, you're going to come here, here, there. Yes, yes, yes. Now, Quaker, you are the sinner. Mm. Yeah. Like, someone has to be a sinner. Yeah, of course, you stand. You're a sinner. So, I am the priest. Ha, ha, ha. So, you bring your lamb. Mm. Now, <laughs> you know, they, they don't beat the lamb. Now, this, <laughs> here was the requirement. The lamb had to be without blemish. You go and read for yourself. That's why God cut wires for those people in Malachi. And they were bringing lamb, blind, 
They, they, could, they will find underwood and sell in the what? In the market. It's the one they bring for sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, some people have since upgraded that to you, you bring the, to God the one you think, nah, ah, this one, you know, like you first spend, then you bring balance. God doesn't like balance too much. I learned that personally. So when I'm coming to church, church, I prepare my offering properly and bring it, even though I'm the pastor. Yeah. So that the, the thing doesn't come, then I'm shocked. It's offering time. So the lamb has to be without blemish. How about the, the, the sinner? What? Yeah, the fact that they need a lamb without blemish means what? They, they have issues. They have issues. So when they brought, when they came to the priest, did the priest examine the sinner or the lamb? Yeah, the sin already has problems. We know. Yeah. You, you already have issues. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you try to look like you don't, you do. So God, it's useless for God to start examining you. So they examine the what? The lamb. And once they say the lamb is without blemish, the lamb is taken to the what? To the slaughterhouse. And where does the sinner go? back home rejoicing happy that his sins have been taken care of now that's exactly what happened when because john points to jesus says behold the lamb of god that takes away the sins of the world so when every time you go to god with your sins he examines the lamb called jesus and the lamb is without blemish he doesn't examine you Okay, you guys, you can sit. You've played this in a role too long. Uh, do you see that? That's what it says. We judge us that if one died for all, then all died. All died. Amen. That's good news. That's good news that you don't have to succumb to your sins and to give up and to say, Me, I'm like this. No. There is one who died for you. And you can go home today rejoicing. Like that sinner would go home after sacrificing that lamb. They would go home rejoicing. Saying, wow. What a wonderful God we serve. Amen. He says. Romans 6. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Yeah, like, that's, that's, that's it. I know, like, it sounds unbelievable. It's like, that was impossible. That when God looks at me, he doesn't see my sins. He only sees his son in you. Now, of course, when you don't have the son, then you're standing on your own. Righteousness, which is very dangerous. Now, verse, verse 16. 
I'm going to skip verse 16 and go to 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You see that therefore is for something. Even verse 16, by the way, is therefore. Then 17, therefore. In verse 16 says, we no longer regard anyone according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, now we, not, we don't know him thus anymore. You see, the person you regard according to the flesh the most is yourself. Because you have the greatest experience of your own fleshness. That's why I, I find that it's amazing. But let me tell you, every human being has doubts. Yeah. In fact, you find that that's why God has created leadership. The role of leadership is to encourage things in people which they doubt in themselves. Yeah, that's why God creates leaders. Because people are suffering. God sees them like this, but they see themselves like this. And someone has to come along and say, you know what? No, 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 no. You are up here. You are not down there. You are, you are good at this. You can do it. You can do it. Yes, you can do it. We all need people who can celebrate stuff in us that we don't see in us. Because we are well acquainted with shame and how far we fall short. That one, that, let me tell you. Every person doesn't like something about themselves. Yeah, I know it. There is just something you don't like. Now, you may find that, that even the things you don't like about yourself, people don't even know they are there. Yeah, they don't even notice them, but you notice them. You're your worst critic. This is, we regard no one according to the flesh. The person you should stop regarding according to the flesh the most is yourself. Because it's killing you. Look. You are in a body. You're on earth. On earth, things go down. Some faster than others. Yeah. You're having an earthly experience. So, uh, focusing too much on it won't change it. But God has put something in you. You're a spirit. You possess a soul. And you live in a body. And God communicates with you spirit to spirit. That's what Jesus told the woman at the well. Yeah? Those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. And says the father is seeking such to worship him. Yeah. So every time you think about yourself, think about yourself in spiritual terms. The way God sees you. He sees, you know when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. Because he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And God doesn't relate with flesh. That's why he says that which is born of, the, of, of flesh is flesh. John 3, 6. Uh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. That which was born of God in you is spirit. We are going to get God there if I, I survive verse 16, which I was trying to skip. But just to say, you will never get better by focusing on your weaknesses. Yeah. Because you will always have some. The way out is to see 
what has God done in me? What has God done in me? God has given me a new life in Christ. He loves me. He cherishes me. Ah, the writer says in Psalm 139, how great are your thoughts toward me, O Lord? How big is the sum of them? Like, can you imagine? God takes time to think about you. Yeah. Now, don't compute that in your brain because his processing capacity must be infinitely higher than yours, especially considering what he has created versus what you have created. Ah, amen. And there are people. Mm. So, you're going to doubt yourself. Here is even more. Others are going to doubt you. You see, most human beings are trying to negotiate you down the whole time. Except if they are your parents or people that God has sent your way to, to negotiate you upwards. Everyone, that's why you, it's very rare that you tell someone a price for something and then they say, I will pay you more. The moment they hear the price, what happens? Negotiate. Because for them, the value you have in their eyes is lower than the value you are portraying. Now, when you join them and you start lowering your own value, John Maxwell says, if you put a low value on yourself, rest assured the rest of the world will never raise the price. The rest of the world will never raise the price. Everyone is negotiating you down. That's why hope is a very important thing. Hope is a very important thing. Where you, you, have to, you have to be your greatest cheerleader and fan. I'm telling you. Yeah, like you have to look at your stuff and like it. <laughs> yeah, because the rest of the people, they, they don't... Hey. Hey. Okay. The rest of the people don't see you that way. Now, you can regard yourself according to spirit and not flesh and then take it one step further start doing that for others yeah, when you see them see that value in them what God put in them but you know verse 17 is critical so it says therefore if anyone is in Christ he's a new creation old things have passed away all things have become new now all things are of God now he says if anyone what does anyone include Anyone includes what? Anyone. And it says, if you are in Christ, you are new. You are not an improvement of the old. Mm -mm, mm -mm. You are not an improvement of the old. You are not even what? You are not under renovation. Mm. Don't walk around with a t-shirt which says, under renovation. And to me, God is repairing. No, 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 no. You've been lied to. You are a brand new, never seen before creation. And you see, action follows identity. The reason most Christians don't act like Christians is because they think they are a work in progress. They don't know they are a finished work. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, you are a finished product inside. You see, 
When you find a butterfly, does, you, does a butterfly look like an improved version of a caterpillar? Huh? Does it? You look at the butterfly, you look at the caterpillar, and you're like, this thing is headed somewhere. See where it was? No, it's completely, it's like completely two different creatures produced by two different mothers, but yet it's from the same stream. You're a new creation. Ah, new creation. Never seen before. And then says, you see, the, the what confuses most people, by the way, about verse 17 is a lack of reference. But verse 18 gives you the reference to what he's talking about in verse what? 17. Because the writer is a new creation, all things have passed away, behold, all things are new. But your reference is still you. You're like, eh, B3, I got saved. Now there is a new. B3. So B3 is still in the picture. So the reference is still B3. There is an old B3. There is a new B3. So there is not much change there. That's not what the Bible is saying. That's why he gives us verse 18 as a reference. And what does he say? Because it says, all things have become new. Give me verse 17 again. Verse 17. What, how does it end? Behold, uh-huh, all things have become new. So then he tells us what those new things are. Verse 18. Now all things are of God. Okay. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can have... Uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Biggie. That one hand clap, I'll take it. So, because we have had such a lengthy earthly experience, we, we get to a point where we no longer believe the word of God. But he says that now all things of God, the new things in you, in your spirit, are of God. They are not of your mother that produced you. Okay. How do I relay this? Just take me to John 3.6 again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. The new you which is born of God, is spirit. Because God, remember, God is not flesh. Yeah, God only became flesh in Christ to, for purposes of dying. And once that was accomplished, he's no longer flesh. Because you couldn't kill a spirit until a spirit is paying for people's what? Sins. No. But once that segment was done for... God is spirit. Even the Father is spirit. The Son is spirit. Now, was flesh for 33 years. Now, spirit. The Holy Spirit is spirit. So, it says that which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. Like, you see? Yeah. What your mother produced looks like what? Like your mother and father. In so many ways. Two eyes, two eyes. One nose, one nose with a couple of holes in it. One mouth, one mouth. Two arms, two arms. You know, bone of the flesh is what? Flesh. 
Yeah. When a baby is born, people are not wondering, is this a human being? No. It's exactly like the parent. But that which is born of the Spirit is what? So when you are born again, you are identical. Huh? <laughs> In your spirit, you are identical to God. To your father who bore you. Yes. This is... I didn't give you this verse, but if you can find it. Born again of incorruptible seed. First Peter, right? Born again of the incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. So for you to find out what you look like in the spirit, you go to the word of God. He says, you are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. He says, by his stripes you are healed. By his stripes you are healed. He says, he became poor, he might become rich. He became poor, he might become rich. Have you found that verse in First uh, Peter? Born again of incorruptible seed. Wait, my consultants. First uh, Peter what? 123, yeah. Biggie, you need to come to the front seats. Yeah. Having been born again, uh-huh, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. Which, uh, are you seeing? How were you born again? Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Who is the word of God? Jesus, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So, in your spirit, you are identical to Jesus. Yeah, that's you. Ah. You know that song? I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. I am yours. I am yours. We need to change a little bit. Of it. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. I'm like you. I'm like you. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. I'm like you. I'm like you. And you're like me. Jesus, you're like me. Okay. We are, right now there's deliverance happening deliverance look I'm not the one who wrote the bible yeah <laughs> okay let me show you Ephesians 4.24 Ephesians 4.24 what does it say together and that you put on the new man uh -huh, which was created how according to God in true righteousness and holiness the new man all things are new was created how? According to God. In others, they copied God. Yeah, it's according to God. Are there, uh, I haven't checked other translations. Is there something else that's more accurate? Because this usually is the closest to the Greek that we can read and understand. But human was created a what? According to God. In true righteousness and holiness, according to God, created in the image of God, in true righteousness and holiness. Wow. Oh. Anyway, my time runneth. Hmm? 
he writes in uh, Colossians 3.10 and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So in 424 he says and that you put on the new man in other words you can and remember he's writing, he's writing to the saints at Ephesus. You can be saved a Christian born again who never puts on. Yeah. So everyone just suspects whether you're a Christian or not. They can't for sure be like that one is a Christian. They behave exactly like who? Jesus. The way that person is treating me, they must be a Christian. The way that person has responded to me, they must be a Christian. The way that person has given up their seat for me on the bus, they must be a Christian. The way that person has returned the money I left in their shop accidentally, they must be a Christian. The way that person has returned my phone which I left behind, they must be a Christian. The way that person is sticking to the right driving lane going up to Chalwajara, they must be a Christian. Yeah. But for you people praying and fasting to figure you out, is he a Christian or not? Is he a Christian or not? It, it ought not to be so. It should be obvious. He says that you put on, put on the new man. Why? The new man is created according to God. According to God. And, and he's not saying that you need to become another person. No, no. That's already who you are. You're just pretending to be the other people who drive in the wrong lane. Ah, uh, yeah. The way that person has contributed to my wedding, she must be a Christian. Look, people should uh, people should be able to tell we are Christians just without too much discernment. We just, all we need to do is just behave like Jesus. We just need to behave like the thing which we already ah. But the reason we don't behave like that most most time because first of all we don't even recognize who we are. Or we doubt who we really are. G- give me that verse in uh, Galatians 5.22. Is there a Galatians 5.22? Yeah, there should be Galatians 5.22. Galatians ends in chapter 6. So, Amazema uh, Lile, there is 5. Uh, so, this is, this is who you are. This is what you possess. What does it say? But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. And next word is what? Joy. People should just look at all this happiness. You're like, it's, it's been some at the taxi stage. You're all waiting for what? Taxis. Hmm? But then people should look around and say, Christian, Christian, Christian. Just by the, yo, wait, hello, good morning. It's a good day, isn't it? Hallelujah. Yeah, it is a good You see, some people, even when the sun is shining, some people can make it rain. In, not in a good way. Yeah, like just they enter, then the cloud comes along with them, and before you know it, you're all wet. So let's brighten up. Joy, peace. Peace. You can't be born again of incorruptible seed, and you're the one who starts 
all the fights in the extended family. Like, if there is a, everyone is waiting for you to start it. Yeah. Uh, all the disagreement, they're like, just wait and see who's going to start it. Yay. Where's the peace? We have the peace. We need to extend that peace. Yeah. Hmm. The most basic space to extend peace is in a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. One, one guy was told by his dad when he was getting married, son, you're going to have to choose to either be right or happy. And then he said, and I'm a very happy man. All the men are quiet. Yeah, seriously speaking. When, yeah, and that's like in all relationships. You choose either being right or being happy. That, that, that. Ah, okay, let, let me digress. Keep your love on. Book by Danny Silk. It says the, the, the purpose of what? The purpose of relationship is connection. The purpose of relationship is what? Connection, not rightness. You would you rather be married to someone that you are disconnected because you are being right or be connected and even be wrong? Yeah. Because usually the things you are arguing about, eh? four months later, the person has changed their mind. They are like, you were right. But now, by the time they want to say you were right, you are not there to be told you were right four months ago. You left. long enough to, be, to, to, to either be proved right or to be the one who goes and tells the other person <coughs> about the other thing. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> How many times have you had to go to the person and other? you were right. But some of us we just pretend like we didn't realize we were wrong. So you just keep going. You tell God instead. God, she was right. What? And even God is like, go tell her. Uh, uh. <laughs> You're a new man. Oh. Seriously speaking, I tried that being right thing. It made me a very sad person and a very bad marriage. But now we are both right uh, and, and, and connected. Yeah. So, and have put on a new man. Oh, so, sorry, I was sitting. Uh, uh, oh, forgive me. Galatians 5.20. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Do you know you have long-suffering inside of you? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have short-suffering. You have long You have it already. All you need to do is open the tap. You know... There is a tap behind our house. Yeah? It's there. Do you know that it's dry where the tap is? Yeah. Like if you come and visit us, you tell me, take me to that tap you talked about. I'll take you there. It's dry. You can walk there even with your bare feet. You won't get wet. Because the tap is there. But do you know how much water that tap can produce given opportunity? 
all you do is get that thing and do but it's dry so some of us in our offices it's dry at home dry in the taxi it's dry please open call let people know behind that smile there is water living water yeah so even long suffering you have it yeah this amen kindness goodness faithfulness and others gentleness i I have to finish because any time now so you understand you're a new man yeah and and the new you is created according to god like you have the attribute of attributes of god you you all you need to do is experiment yeah try and experiment the next time someone asks you for money try and give the way god would give just do an experiment yeah or the next time you are arguing with someone who is close to you try and react the way god would react just experiment be like jesus drawing on the what on the ground and then you ask yourself the way jesus would ask you let him with without what sin be the first one to cast the stone you ask yourself that question become jesus and ask yourself tell yourself mose let you who is without sin be the first one to continue the argument before you know it you'll be picking yourself up and asking your your wife where are those your accusers <laughs> and then you'll be like neither do i condemn you <laughs> go see no more ma 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 people reconciled to god we've been reconciled now it says in verse 19 talking about committed to us the minister of reconciliation saying that is that god was in christ this, this is a very important one reconciling the world to himself what does he say not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed what's the word committed to us the word of reconciliation this is how God was reconciling himself with the world. How, how was he doing it? Not imputing their trespasses. Are the trespasses there? Yes. Are they many? Yes. Who, who, are, who are some of the people who, who contribute to the world's trespasses? Say, me. And what does he say? Not imputing. Imputing is like an accounting term. You know, like uh, some of you, when like especially when you don't practice the principles we teach in sfft you may find yourself going to a nearby kiosk to pick some groceries where you've developed somewhat relationship and then they write your name in a book sugar half a kilogram this much huh? diapers diapers half a pack or three this much Bitty, huh? what else soap 
two pieces this much. So they keep writing down your what? Your debts. And you tell the, the lady, end of month, eh? I'm going to make it. What are they doing? They are imputing. They are imputing. By the time the month ends, your imputation, it's imputation, not amputation. Your imputation is 378,200 shillings. And after you get your salary of 468,000, you have to get the 38,200. If you want to continue borrowing from the shop, you go and clear your imputation and restart a face. It's called credit. So even you, your sins, eh? bad attitude towards so and so. Driving in the wrong lane towards Chaliwajala. Uh, what is looking at the other girl the wrong way? <laughs> People are already who has left the group? <laughs> huh? Ref- being mean, mm. refusing to contribute to so and so's quandula, mm. holding on to the house helps salary for two extra days after the month has ended. Mm. Hey, before you know it. Oh, carrying a bag on the Sabbath. Your imputation. Not honoring father and mother. What? Hey. Being flat footed. Hey. Mixing cotton and pol- pol- polyester. Before you know it, your list is long. But what did God do? He says he is not imputing. So. So here is how your kalala of sins looks like. It is a long one, by the way. Don't kid yourself. But here, the amount, zero, 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 zero. So by the time they calculate, the total is what? Zero. That's what God has done for you and I. And he says that's the same thing he has committed to us. The word of reconciliation. Reconciliation with God. Reconciliation with self. Reconciliation with others. Reconciliation of all things. Give me verse 21 and I finish. He says, for he made him who knew no sin. To be made sin for us. To be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. The great exchange. Not imputing. Great exchange. That, that the sinless man became sin. That the sinner might become the righteousness of God. For what? For free. For free. Just believing. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the gift of Jesus. Thank you.
it will take us all our lives to try and understand the kind of love with which you've loved us. We bless you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that you've not imputed our sins to us. Lord, if you marked our transgressions, who would stand? No one. But for Christ, we are, we are not fit to appear in your presence. We are not fit to be loved by anyone, by you or anyone else. But you love us. You send people into our lives who love us, who care for us. You give us family, you give us friends, you give us spouses, you give us children to express to us the kind of love that you have for us, even when we get it wrong. So, Father, we are grateful. We are grateful this morning. Thank you for Jesus. And friends, if you've never given your life to Jesus to receive this kind of love, those both who are online and those who are in all our hosting centers and locations and even those who are here in this room, as everyone continues to pray, I'm going to ask you right now, I'll not ask much more of you than this, but I need you to put your hand up so that I can pray with you. Wherever you are, your right hand, those who are online, you're watching by yourself, you're watching in a, in a, a, a place. By the way, you're not the only one. This last week, 203 people gave their lives to Jesus through this ministry. 203 <laughs> salvations through mainly our mission communities and other people online. Even last Sunday I was being told that at this point uh, people raised their hands in different locations and gave their lives to Jesus. So if you happen to be in this room, uh, I'm watching out for you. Everyone is, else is minding their business. If you're online, I'm sure you've raised your hand wherever you are and there's someone there to, to receive you. Even here last Sunday we had someone give their lives to Christ. So this is the thing that God is doing. Don't be left behind. This is Jesus' world. Don't be left out. Amen. So all those who have raised your hands wherever you are, I'm just going to pray a quick prayer. You pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life that my sins may be put on you and that I may receive the free gift of salvation. I receive you today as Lord and Savior. Take my life and do something significant with it. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That I may learn to walk with you. Amen. I can hear the sound of a new generation. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.